Hi everybody, welcome back on the Blockworks Macro YouTube channel. This is Off Speaking and this is your weekly update directly from the Macro Compass, which is my free newsletter on Substack. We'll be going through our latest article. The latest article talks about the Fed meeting from yesterday and especially it focuses on what I think was the most interesting sentence from the press conference, which is when Powell said, we will keep at it until inflation is down to 2%. And uh, trust me, our monetary policy tightening will be enough. He repeated, it will be enough to restore price stability. And there are some eerie similarities with uh, the wording that Mario Draghi used in July 2012 when he was trying to save the euro, basically. And he said, the ECB is ready to do whatever it takes to preserve the euro. And believe me, it will be enough. And Powell as well said yesterday, Again, it will be enough two times to restore price stability. So what I want to come across with here is that this is a very important moment because like Draghi was trying basically to save the euro back in uh, 2012, Powell is trying to save the Fed's credibility by winning this inflation fight. And he made sure to convey this, me this message further with some nuances in the dot plot, in the summary of economic projections and during the press conference. The markets also appreciated, I think, his stance. So let's start from the dot plot. Now, the dot plot has a very poor track record in predicting exactly what the Fed will end up doing. And FOC members are very clear about that too. The Fed dot plot is not a prediction tool. It's rather a guidance that they give us based on today's set of information. Well, the changing guidance has been very eloquent, if you ask me, because based on today's set of data and information, 12 out of 19 FOMC members, so quite a decent amount of these guys, expect Fed funds to be between 45 and 5% by December 2023. Listen to that. So we're talking about 15 months ahead. And with today's set of information, the average, the, actually, the, the majority of FOMC members expect Fed funds to be between 45 and 5%. So translating, the guidance is much tighter for much longer, or as I used to say, fat people at my ass. Now, let me stress out something. When it comes to financial conditions, markets first care about the shock. So it's best represented by the rate of change, the rate of change in dollar, the rate of change in interest rates and credit spreads. But while this is widely understood, investors often tend to underappreciate the second dimension. After the shock has been actually absorbed, markets care a lot about the time persistence of these loose or tight financial conditions. And actually, the Fed is promising to make these tight conditions pretty persistent. And this actually puts in trouble, for instance, a highly leveraged corporate. If a highly leveraged corporate took the opportunity in 2021 to borrow at very cheap rates, it might be able to kick the can down the road and find shelter from the shock in financial conditions in higher borrowing uh, rates. But it cannot be escape this shock if it persists over time longer and longer. So the time persistence element is very important. And the Fed just promised with the higher for longer, actually to make sure these conditions persist for a while. The other interesting thing is that the neutral nominal Fed fund rate is still seen at 2.5%. So the Fed does not think that we are in a structural regime change for nominal growth. If you think we are in one, then there are a bunch of interesting trades out there. The Fed doesn't think that, which also means that hiking rates to 4.5% or whatever they promised and keeping them there for longer means they want to be really tight for really long. This actually brings me to the second point, which is that 
well, Powell kind of tried to channel his inner Volcker, if I can say. So he referenced a couple of times to the late 70s, uh, which is the period when Chair Volcker was trying to fight uh, inflation, beginning of the 80s, late 70s. And he said there is no room for premature relaxation when restoring price stability. And indeed, history teaches us that it can be a very expensive exercise. Um, the Fed actually prefers to cause pain to the private sector. This is reflected in weaker GDP, higher unemployment forecasts in their own summary of economic projections. But they think this is preferable to the risk that CPI remains very high for too long, and therefore inflation expectation can really become unanchored. And the chart I'm putting up here actually shows how uh, Volcker uh, was successful in fighting inflation. It took him three to four years, though, to bring inflation to a more acceptable level because throughout the journey, he actually lowered Fed funds rate at every single, basically a couple of times while month-on-month -month core CPI was showing the first preliminary signs of dropping. And he immediately dropped Fed funds and this kind of spurred another bout of inflation, which he had to fight all over again. And it basically made the inflation fight last quite a long and quite a long time. And Powell is well aware of this and he doesn't want to fall into the same trap. And how he's willing to avoid that is by, he told us very clearly how he wants real Fed funds rate to be not only positive, but in the 1% area for a convincingly long period of time. So there will be nominal Fed funds rate at that point in time, minus the prevailing inflation at that point in time, that needs to be a positive number in the 1% positive area and marking, uh, markets are taking him seriously. If you look at one year forward, one year Fed funds rates, you see that they're pushed indeed to 1% real positive Fed funds rate one year ahead. So markets are nodding to power when it comes to front end bond market reaction. The back end is a bit different um, because if you think of um, a third year bond, just allow me this exercise, obviously, uh, ignoring term premium and some other technicalities, you can think of third-year rates as a strip of all the future one-month Fed funds rate for the next 30 years or 360 months ahead. Obviously, Powell told us that over the next 20 to 30 months, where he has a very, very close uh, control on, yeah, you have to put up this Fed funds monthly prints at what, three and a half, four and a half percent for the next 20 to 30 months. It's quite a long period of time. But what about the other 300 plus data points. And that's what the market is trying to do here. It's basically thinking that the more the Fed tightens in the short term, the more it inflicts long lasting damage to future nominal growth, which is reflected in an inverted yield curve, which is not only a US story. I put up a chart that shows that in Canada, in Australia, in Europe, not only in the US, curves are getting inverted all over the place. And this trend, I think, is likely to continue to really, really uh, incredibly inverted levels. Risk assets are taking a hit across the board. But I would like to point out that so far, this is just a mechanical adjustment to the new level of real rates. If you look at expected defaults in the credit space or earnings expectations in equities or risk premium across the board, they really haven't moved much. So... Even if you just plot the S&P against real rates, you can see that without even talking about earnings de degradation or higher risk premia, the S&P should already be in the 3700 area. If you look indeed at equity risk premium, they're still very contained, trading in line with the last 10-year average. So if you overlay the fact that the S&P just simply looking at the risk-free real rates, which are you know the alternative to basically park your money without taking much risk, 
as they are so high and basically the opportunity cost of cash or the opportunity return you can make in cash has become so attractive, the S&P would be longer right in the 3,700 area, let alone if you think that risk premium can widen, which I think so, or and or that equities can be downgraded. I think this is not a great place to be long risk assets, as you have heard me say, basically relentlessly since the beginning of the year. Now, of course, there are um, some um, portfolio updates as well in the article if you want to look more into exactly what is my uh, long-term, long-only ETF portfolio allocation, what are my tactical trades, which are more of a one to three month kind of horizon. You can find them all in the article. Uh, I just want to talk about the big picture for a second before I leave you guys. If I look at the macro compass quadrant, uh, four quadrants asset allocation model, the forward-looking macro indicators are all pointing to further deceleration in economic activity, much more than priced in, I think, both in earnings, in GDP growth, etc. So that is likely to be on the left end, on the deceleration end further. And if I look at the relative monetary policy stance, central bankers just promising us that they will keep conditions tighter for longer. And they are basically not only endorsing market pricing, but as we have seen from the Fed yesterday, even pushing it up a notch further, more than already priced in. This puts us in the quadrant four. It's the most defensive quadrant that you have to be in in asset allocation when it comes to, um, to these periods. There are periods where you can be more aggressive. 2022, definitely not one of these periods. And these bear market rallies, very vicious ones like the one we have seen in July, can be a deceptive trap, actually, when it comes to, to asset allocation. Now, if you want to uh, have a look at um, the asset allocation itself, uh, more information about the Fed meeting and tactical trades as well, just go at themacrocompass.substack.com. It's free. There is no charge. And you can just read the article, subscribe if you want. And um, why not leave me a comment or a feedback? Thanks, guys, for listening. And I'll be here with you back again next week. 